Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 364, featuring the return of our very good friend, Zap Anderson, the random render guy over at Autodesk. It was fun seeing Zap again, wasn't it, Kristen? Yes, um, we get kind of like a good update from him on his life in new work ventures, um, which he discusses uh, among OSL, Material X, which is a standard to transferring materials between renders and USD shading. And mm-hmm. his goal is to combine them all um, into one to make it easier. Hasn't yep. been done yet, but that's what he's trying to do. Um, you guys also discuss a little bit about metalness, which came in the previous episode of the CG Garage he was on. Um, and you get to see his fabulous background, which he says some people <laughs> screenshot and use as their own Zoom backgrounds because it's awesome. <laughs> it is. It is mm-hmm. very funny. Very funny. Yes, Zap. Zap does. We do get into Material X quite a bit, which was great because... Uh, that's the kind of person that we need to tell us a little bit about his thoughts on that. So it was really cool that he was able to do that. Uh, and yes, he does have some fabulous backgrounds uh, as well. But uh, let's get into uh, some events. What's going on? We've got, a, we've got an event happening on March 4th. What's happening? Yes. So it will be a masterclass on V-Ray 5 for SketchUp in Spanish. So if you'd like to sign up for that, go, go to chaos.com slash events. And March Perfect. 4th is when that's happening. Great. Uh, we don't have any other big news on terms of chaos itself. Obviously, as you guys know, uh, with the merger happening, there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. So I'm sure you'll get updates on that as we go. But uh, if people want to know more about the podcast, where can they go, Kristen? You can go to facebook.com slash podcast or chaos.com slash cggarage. And if you would like to watch us on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv. Perfect. And if you guys have any comments or, or suggestions on the podcast, of course, you can always email us, labs at chaosgroup.com. It's welcome. Now, before we go into our normal, normal show, I want to let you know that Zap loves to write, to redo the intro song himself of the CG Garage. And as such, he actually has his own Twitch stream where he just plays random music and does a bunch of memes and does a huge, a huge production with lasers and everything. So he decided he was going to do that exact thing for our intro. So we're replacing this intro that we normally do of the song with his intro instead. And I really, really, really recommend that you guys see it on YouTube because it's even funnier. <laughs> so yes. definitely watch it on YouTube. So remember, our Great YouTube show. is youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv, youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv, and you will see the uh, full song, A Gift from Our Good Friend Zap. So with that, take it away, Zap. Welcome to the CG Garage, where Master Zap speaks. A jamblong Swedish guy and synthesizers beats. This is what we're doing tonight. This is gonna be horrible and you will cry. CG Garage, it's with Zap and Chris. With synthesizers, leaps and loops and you won't miss all the jamblong Swedishness. I'm giving to you Because I know How to count to two Master Sap. 
talking crazy and saying crap. Dumb on Swedish guy, that is me. Now I'm gonna play the music you see. Whatever. Right, just so, people, so people know, we, just before we start recording, uh, uh, Zap and I were exchanging pictures of our different Klein bottle yes. apparatus. So we yes. have the same one. Yeah. Yes, and different ones. And different one. That's a that's a traditional looking one as well. Yes. I, he makes Klein bottle scarves. I hear. Yes, and uh, <laughs> knitted. You you can get the pattern if you want to knit your own Klein bottle hat, and all yeah. sorts of things. All the things. I love Klein bottles. Yeah. I'm a big I'm a big fan of them. I was thinking I should sample them, make some kind of eine Klein bottle Nachtmusik kind of thing. But <laughs> that's for later. Yeah. The yeah. first thing I started visualizing was I wanted to, uh, I wanted to see a Klein bottle uh, in four di- in in uh, four dimensions. Right. So, uh, which I should be to... non-intersection in, in 4D, right? The, the thing exactly. this is a flaw. It says in the manual that unfortunately, since we're shipping it to a three-dimensional universe, we have to make it self-intersection. Self-intersection, right. but if you're in the 4D or above universe, you'll get the pristine Klein bottle. The pristine Klein bottle. And so what I did is I created in Mathematica a uh, a 4D perspective system, which nice. creates a 3D shadow of a two of a 4D world, mm-hmm. basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I tried to move around. You know, kind of like what you do with hypercubes or whatever. Yep, and then yep, I try yep. to try to see what would a Klein bottle look like if you moved around it and stuff. It was kind of interesting. How you been, man? How I've been? Well, in you got the COVIDs. I got the COVIDs. <laughs> well, it wasn't that bad, uh, but it was for me. I'm I'm a guy. I don't normally get sick. I barely remember when I like was sick. Seriously, and of course, when you work from home like I do, if you have a mild sniffles or something, I mean, it doesn't change anything. You, go, you work anyway, all right? But right. this really literally knocked me out with a fever for like two days and like phlegmy cough. And then it was two days in front of Netflix under a blanket shivering with phlegmy cough. And then I was kind of okay and the fever moved away after a few days and I had the phlegmy cough for a while. And I think it's kind of gone now if we have to make a, a phlegmy cough break. I'll let you know, or I will mute myself okay. for that. But hopefully not. Uh, I we had to. I should tell the viewers we had to push this uh, a few times due to the phlegmy cough. But uh, I hope That's the okay. ASMR gods will be on our side now. I hope so too. Yeah. And you, by the way, you are not the only podcast that had to be delayed due to COVID. Yeah. <laughs> to literally yeah. the guest having yeah. COVID. So uh, I have. Yeah. And I mean, that. I I did to put it this way. Also, I mean. I wasn't super sick in there being something serious wrong with me, but I did test positive for COVID with the normal, you know, the home testing kit kind of thingy. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had one of those more advanced. Maybe it was something slightly different or a cousin or what. I mean, technically, whatever we're getting these days is like the cousin, I guess it's this Omicron or whatever, which mm-hmm. is mild-ish and, you know, but yeah, still alive. Yeah. Yeah, still alive. I mean, I don't want to get into too much to analysis of it and try no. to pretend to be a doctor when I'm not. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> too many people but... are doing that right now. <laughs> but, but yeah. anyway. So, You've been, listen, you, it's did, been... did you manage to miss the whole nonsense, or have you been hit by the COVID? So too, far, or? I feel I feel like uh, I don't know if you play dodgeball in Sweden, but I feel like I'm the kid all the way in the back, and everyone else <laughs> is getting hit slowly, yeah, slowly, yeah. and I'm still just kind of hiding. And that, at, that's probably at some a, point, that's a smart strategy. Yeah, at some point, someone's gonna cleared away and i'm gonna get it smack in the face <laughs> it's actually kind of weird that i was the person in my family who got it because i'm the one that is working from home and basically i'm home all the time the rest mm-hmm. are going to various what jobs uh, you know and why i was the one that got it is a bit of a mystery but oh well oh, oh well. well oh well oh well Oh, well, it's been it's been uh, it's been a while since we've. It's uh, been a now. serious while. Yeah, it has to be SIGGRAPH What year? Well, let's see. SIGGRAPH, It was in L.A. So you were in SIGGRAPH L.A. and then you stopped by here, uh, yes. in Culver City, and we hung out there. So that yep. I don't know. That's got to be four years ago. 
years ago. And then we did it in Vancouver. We did it in Vancouver. We're sitting in that corridor. I recall that. That was way too long ago. Then again, nobody's seen nobody for two years anyway now. So, uh, yeah. 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 I think it was high time to have you back. So it was good. Thank you. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on with you? What's going on? Well, computers and graphics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the same old stuff. Uh, Actually, I I learned once, didn't you, back in the day, work on a little movie called iRobot? I did. You did. Did you work on the Sony thing with the glossy shell of the robot kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then we have a little connection really way back in time because one of the first thing I did when I started working at Mental Images back in the day, everybody Mm -hmm. was like, we need that glossy shader because it was in this movie. So I had to write like the the mental ray glossy refraction shader. It's all your fault. Well, we didn't even use refraction to make it. No, I know. That was the thing. (laughs) That was the thing. Uh, And then shortly after, or actually technically not even after, it was before I wrote the mental ray subsurface scattering uh, shader, which was a complete cheat. The the glossy one was trying to do it for real. And back in Mm -hmm. those days, you know, actually ray tracing that many rays, you know, your computer caught fire and you have to wait overnight. Um, Now you can do it on your watch, you know, but it it was a different amount of CPU cycles back then. So the subsurface scattering thing was a whole complete like two and a half d sheet was kind of inspired on the work they did on the um, uh, matrix movies so mm-hmm. that's was that was one of the first like 3d computer graphics things i did while working for real professional with computer graphics now mm-hmm. i had a past before where i did it for fun as a hobby, while in reality I was working in mechanical design software. So my, I worked my first render back in 1989, but I'm sure I told you this before, so yeah. let's skip that part. But recap. I don't think I told you about the, our little link via 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 the iRobot movie. So I thought that was yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. Just to let people know how we did it in iRobot back at a time, like you said, we were we could definitely not afford ray tracing yeah. at the time. Uh, so we created a, an AOV. That was uh, that would calculate. It was like a Z depth, but mm-hmm. depth from the shell to the yep. back. Yeah. And then we would just make it somewhat translucent. So, but you, it was clear. You couldn't we didn't blur it. And then we blurred it based on distance. Yeah. In Nuke. In, the, in Nuke. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is and surprisingly our, similar to how my actual subsurface scattering shader back then kind of sort of worked. Sure. So that, sure. that was that was. We called it. We called it MakeBot. The the, mm. the the script. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then on stealth, we had a, uh, we did something similar to do all the nuke stuff and stealth, and we called it Pimp My Jet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, okay. So in stealth, you guys did for scratches on the canopy. You were yeah, doing yeah. some stuff which was aligning pre-made scratch texture perpendicular to to, rays, to like yeah. the, the sun angle. Guess who wrote mm-hmm. one of those shaders too? So that's yeah, also I'm your sure. fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it's actually they've done a they've done a really nice one in uh, in uh, in V-Ray actually. Yeah. 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 To do that, but uh, but yeah, yeah, those were I thought we used to call those sun dogs. I don't sun know dogs, that's yeah, the, yeah. I don't know. I don't if that's know that's the name technically for correct because sun dogs is normally the reflections you see in the sky, uh, mm-hmm. which is ice crystal thingamajigs to the left and right of the sun, at whatever right. is it, twenty two degrees or uh, don't quote me on that. Yeah. I'm not an optician. <laughs> speak, speak. Well, I am technically, but by the way, speaking on aerial phenomena, I was just outdoors just before this podcast, and there's actually mm-hmm. a pretty strong aurora going on right this moment. Uh, really? Lucky so I, I took a few pictures. It was there was a way stronger one, like in in January 14th, I think it was. It was one of the strongest we had in like a decade. So the whole sky wow. was sparkling. Now it was nowhere near that, but uh, everybody is jittery and want to see one a repeat of what happened back on in January. So I, I'm a bit of a nerd, and I have all the alerts and an app on my phone that's telling me the geomagnetic storm values and stuff like that. That's because, nice. Why not? <laughs> I've never seen them, and you see them all the time, I'm sure. Uh, well, not all. I live too far south to see them all the time. I do mm-hmm. see them. Often they are 
pretty weak. So it's like, yeah, there's like a gray blob, but you take your phone with uh, like a, a long shutter and you get something that looks suddenly now looks all green and way fancier than it looks to your eye. Um, oh, but right. the stuff that actually was back in January, even though it was a full moon, you saw it quite clearly with your eyes, which normally like if the moon is up, it just drowns it out. So it had yeah. to have been really spectacular if the moon hadn't been up. Then. So, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And it's it's uh, it's ninety degrees Fahrenheit or, or thirty degrees Celsius right now in LA. Yeah, I don't have that. It's a little I warm actually, for February. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's not what we're doing here. Although it's above freezing and we haven't seen snow in a while. Although right. in the last few days it's been this treacherous like one millimeter of completely invisible ice on top of everything. So if you go outdoors, you just tip over immediately even though it looks completely fine so it's been treacherous but yeah no yeah. 90 degrees temperature here that's that's not what we do over here in sweden so you you put all the global warming at your house or what's that that's what's happening i don't happening. know what's going on what's going on i don't know yeah, what's going on yeah, yeah. i i just it's just a, a strange thing uh so let's what's what's happening with you and and what's going on at autodesk and anything new you can tell us yeah about? What the, there's lots of new. The, the more interesting question is what I can tell you, which is yeah. not uh, as easy, uh, to be honest. I'm working on a lot of interesting things. I have mm -hmm. to uh, weigh my words on a, on a scale carefully, not to say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. But something I am working a lot with these days is in relation to uh, materials and shadings, standardization so to speak mm -hmm. we're looking at stuff like as you know i'm very deeply involved with osl since we added the mm -hmm. full osl stuff to 3d studio max mm -hmm. uh, but i'm also involved with material x uh, oh, cool. and uh, ideally i want those two things actually not to be two things i want them to sort of be one thing because like the reference implementation of the standard library in material x is an osl implementation so what if material x and osl wasn't actually two different things but actually sort of one thing would be fancy and then mm -hmm. we have usd of course and usd has its own representation of shading called usd shade which is a fairly simple way of just wrapping some shade tree information not yeah. as deep and, and complicated as material x uh, but i'm also like wouldn't it be fine of that and material x was also one and the same thing so i have my own little personal dream project where i can convince uh, my friends with usd my friends with material x and my friends with osl that we're actually going all the, make it one big juicy fantastic thing that solves all the problem am i successful today with this dream not ex not not quite yet but i'm right. working on it i'm on the various technical steering committees for for uh, material x and osl well, i should be technically accurate i'm not autodesk is on the technical steering committee uh, i'm actually not the person who is officially from autodesk that's a different guy but i'm in all the meetings and i don't think anybody technically because it only matters if we get to vote and we haven't right. literally in any of these projects there's been no voting involved there's it's no voting. people right. talking and we have say things and we make intelligent uh, decisions yeah. so i've i've been involved with a lot of that but that is, of course, extremely like high level and lots of discussions and meetings and doesn't like generate that much overnight uh, cool features uh, that becomes a cool demo that I could show you or something. So uh, there's a lot of talking these days, to be honest. Um, well, the, the last time I, I, I wrote the shader, I don't remember when it was. Well, actually, I do. But yeah, that was we did a really sexy about... wood shader, actually. But, uh, I am curious about Material X. Mm -hmm. like, so tell me, tell me what you can tell me or about Material X, and uh, you know, or tell our audience about Material right. X, and where you so, think it's going to be, what, how is it different than OSL, why you know. Well, that, that's the thing. Better. It's it's uh, all these three things, like I mentioned, USD, Material X, and OSL, are three mm -hmm. different aspects that are sort of intersecting. 
but um, for instance, USD is a scene description, universal scene description. Mm -hmm. It just finds geometry and stuff. It has some stuff for shading, but it, it's a thing called USD shade. But it's not mm -hmm. really very strongly defined what goes in there. It's kind of like a container that can contain shade trees. And then we kind of hand wave the rest away and we're going to put mm -hmm. something in there. And the what's been done to to this day in USD shades, effectively that whatever renderer you're using, whatever nodes it's using in its shade tree, you put this into the USD shade container format and say, here you go. And if the other, same render on the other end, it will just work. So that's all fine. What mm -hmm. Material X is, it's a project trying to make a standard to transferring materials between renderers. And it's actually also has like several components to it one is just a file format it's like an xml like file format which likes define how you transport the data mm -hmm. that part of material x is very similar to the usd shade i was just mentioning a minute ago the next okay. part of material x is that there's also like a standard library there's a set of like standard nodes so if you have these nodes and you use these there's like an add there's a multiply there's these kind of things right if you use okay. these nodes you know that uh, a material x compliant receiver on the other end it doesn't have to be the same renderer anymore right uh, because as long as you use this standard set of nodes the other side could then understand the standard set of nodes. So that's like part two of Material X, the standard set of nodes. But you're not forced to use this standard set. It's, it's really just kind of, it's kind of a very gentle uh, this suggestion. Like these are the ones we suggest, but you don't have to. You can define your own nodes and you can define your own nodes either in terms of other nodes, like a node graph and say, this is my complicated blah, blah node, which is mm -hmm. defined as this subtree of the standard nodes. You can also define your completely own nodes, uh, but then you must also supply some form of implementation. And like I said in the beginning, that the reference implementation for, for Material X is an, a set of OSL shaders. But it's not only in mm -hmm. OSL, so it comes with various other languages. And there's actually a third component to Material X, which is actually stuff that we from Autodesk provided, which is called the called actually kind of called shader X, at least that's what we call it internally. It's basically a shader generator, which takes a material X graph of material X nodes and its implementation snippets, which is in a particular kind of database and basically assembles it into an actual runnable shader in some shading language. Mm -hmm. So if you have this shader X component, uh, you can use it to turn your material X graph into something like a GLS shader that would run in uh, viewport 2 in Maya, for example, right? So, okay. or you can turn it into one single OSL shader, or you can turn it into a set of uh, individual OSL shaders connected together. You have, you can do either in this case. And then if you render does OSL, then you just render that. So that's my simple explanation of what Material X even is. It's an attempt to standardize a set a way to transfer shading graphs between systems. It mm -hmm. also gives this set of standardized nodes to simplify this. Again, you could use your own nodes and stuff, but if you, you your life is easier if you stick to the standard standard nodes because then the, the, your your probability of success is higher. The node will still like show up on the other side even if you don't have it but like how would you know how to render it there, there's also a whole level of stuff where you can do replacement and say i don't have the node you know bob's magical mystery tour node but i have this fake shade tree of my own shaders that is sort of kind of like it so can you please use this one to render it for instance and this kind of stuff now and then of course we have osl as like the, the third leg of this this wobbly tripod I'm imagining here, which mm -hmm. is a shading language. And OSL is a shading language. Well, it's a programming language that you use to write shaders. And the interesting part with OSL uh, is that it also has, similar to Material X, there's like this standard library of functions in the language. Uh, so it, Basically, everything works according to the standard library of functions, except in one area. And that's the thing which deals with materials, or what's it called inside of OSL, it's called closures. Now, the technical definition of a closure is really 
a function plus its parameters. But if you ignore that, you can think of a, the closures in, in OSL as basically your BRDF. There's a diffuse closure, there's a glossy closures and these kind of things, right? And mm -hmm. the, the problem in the past with OSL was that everything was very well defined except the closures the closures are like yeah uh, then we're going to have some closures you know kind of and here's a phone how it could look or something like this right there was no usable standard set of closures that was kind of dictated by osl so that means if you had a renderer which run osl uh yes you could write the texture shader very easily because that never touches the closures and they were all compatible everywhere and everybody and the sun was shining and everybody's happy if i wanted to write the material shader and say i want these many percent diffuse plus these many percent glossy under fresnel here and whatever because everything has fresnel then you couldn't really do that because Arnold was using one set of closures v-ray was using a different set renderman was using a third set etc etc so mm -hmm. one of the, the things I was involved in was actually very recently was proposing a standard set of closures for OSL. And of course, since we have this fairly close collaboration between the Material X people and the OSL people, I say, why not just pick the set of basically BRDFs that are in Material X and make them the standard closures in OSL? And to my insane surprise, everybody said, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And then we did that. All right. And I was very surprised because I had set up this whole Slack channel to make a long discussion and try to convince everybody of this. But I had this whole done. people with inviting people to our Autodesk Slack channel to discuss this because I think this is going to be long, hard to convince everybody. And it turns out it took 10 minutes and everybody agrees. And now it's actually in the OSL spec that basically there's this set of closures that your renderer kind of should support. You can have your own too if you want, but this set should kind of come in there and that will makes it also a lot easier to pass like uh, material uh, level osl stuff between renderers but the way we implemented though um, osl in max we do not support closures actually in, in max for the old reason that there was no standard in them um, we did shading differently by inventing uh, like a, a, a standard surface, as you probably heard the Autodesk standard surface, which is like mm -hmm. an Uber shader and uh, basically say that everything goes into this Uber shader uh, and then whatever goes into it. Yes, that's can be all programmable. It can be done in OSL or it could be tech, bitmap textures or whatever you want. But we keep the shading in this like standardized form because I'm kind of a strong believer uh, that Mother Nature isn't actually very, very, uh, you know, inventive when it comes to shading. There's some diffuse and there's some glossy. There's a couple of interesting effects like thin film and, and stuff like that with ir ir iridescence and all this stuff. But otherwise, mm -hmm. it's kind of run of the mill and every material is kind of the same-ish. Uh, but yeah. texturing, when it comes to actually texturing these materials, Mother Nature is extremely inventive and can come up with the most wiggly, curly, interesting little, you know, stuff. And I recently made a very cool uh, procedural wood shade. Now, I shouldn't take full credit for this. Honestly, I shouldn't take any credit because... The shader is based on the, there's a was a cigarette paper by Merschner et al., um, which mm -hmm. is the root base of this shader. And it was in, uh, implemented by some other people inside of Autodesk. So if you use the wood in Fusion 360, it's actually this wood shader. And what I did, I basically translated it into OSL because it never actually existed uh, as OSL. So I recently, like six months ago or something, basically made the, the OSL version of this shader. And it looks really nice. It comes with a set of really cool presets. And uh, the feature when you run it in Max also, since we have, you know, we transcode OSL in the viewport to HLSL uh, to run it in real time in the viewport. And this shader is also fully supported. So you get these really nice wood, really nice real time in the viewport. You can do all sorts of stuff by randomizing, like doing per object randomizations. So the wood grains are slightly different in each object. You can have, you know, you can f do fake 
you can make knots with a little bit of a trick because uh, when you have a knot in wood, what that looks like, you know, it's like uh, most wood shaders are like a bunch of cylinders. Like imagine a bunch of cylinders, which is, is the, the, the rings, right? Mm-hmm. And then you take these cylinders and you kind of wiggle them a little so they're not completely cylindric and you wiggle this, the, the, them in various dimensions. And then you make this like a 3D texture and when you cut through this, it looks like wood, right? And the more you wiggle and the more little details you can add to it, the, the, the more cool stuff you have, you, you have. But if you think what happens with a knot in wood, it's a new branch that is starting to grow. So it's like a new center. So like it's like a new set of cylinders that, that starts happening in the bigger cylinder. But I noticed you can cheat this really nastily by instead, if you think of the coordinate system of these cylinders, and then you do something like a Voronoi noise or something where you basically compute a point, a random point somewhere in this 3D space of the wood, and then you check if I'm getting close to this 3D point, I'm actually kind of warping the wood so as if we're going towards the center, even though we're not going towards the center, which means what visually happens is that you get this new set of rings that for are locally around a certain area. They all flow very nicely into each other. And it's this super ugly trick, but it actually looks surprisingly much like a knot in wood. If you combine this with a little darkening in the same area, it looks bloody awesome, actually. <laughs> so uh, so this uh, such a shader shipped with the recent release of Max. But since it's an OSL shader, and since we make all our OSL shaders as the Apache 2.0 uh, free to use, I've seen mm-hmm. people using them in all sorts of places other than just Max. So that's, that's cool. fun. Fun stuff. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, what is the promise of these well, things? I, I won't you're all going to be anything. able to exchange. <laughs> I mean, the the dream promise is that you should be able to exchange things between uh, renderers uh, more easily, or like between DCCs even. So you should be like, I have this scene in Maya. I save it out the geometry as USD and the shade uh, shading part as Material X. Uh, mm-hmm. You should be able to load that up in some other application, you know, Max, Houdini, wherever you want, right? right. And basically see the same result. Even if it might involves somewhere some translations where like say we package this we have these two textures that are multiplied together so i have an image node an image node and a multiply node and that becomes an image node and an image node and a multiply in material x but when you load it up in the max well that's actually a bitmap and a bitmap and the rgb multiply node or something like that it might be slightly different but the the main intent like can, can come over to something else and the more people stick to this standard set, the better. But it mm. doesn't preclude you from not doing that. I mean, like we already have for uh, 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 like one mode where we store an Arnold shading graph in the Material X document. So it's just the basically the Arnold shaders, but stored in the Material X format. And if you're receiving an, is something that does Arnold, it already today, basically, with some stuff we have, uh, can be unfolded. But that is that is a more, you know, this is a bit but of an early days uh, trickery USD, thing. USD is more than just translating data between Apple. I mean, USD actually has layers that it yes. can yes. you and all and, and little, yeah. I know way too little about USD, unfortunately. Uh, for especially the non-shading part of USD, I have sort of right. ignored because I'm the shading guy. Uh, <laughs> so it can do all sorts of magical things of which I know nothing. So okay. <laughs> don't ask me those questions <laughs> because I don't know. Well, I'm just curious because there's a lot of ways that I'm, I'm wondering in the Material X. I mean, obviously, well, here's the thing. Like, Material X makes sense. A lot of renderers are very similar in terms yeah. of what they do today than compared to, let's say, like 20 years ago, right? Exactly, yes. Renderman 20 years ago was not like, you know, yep. Arnold today. It's like a completely different idea of what a rendering mm. does, right? And there's no yep. way you could take... You had shader writers for like that would write shaders mm-hmm. for 
everything. <laughs> everything. Yep. And now it's more like, well, these are this is how physics works, so that's how the shader yep. will work. So there are a lot exactly. of the shaders are based on physics, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. So 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 Material X seems like it should be like, yeah, A B. <laughs> it should be the same. Yep. Right? Yeah. And I mean we we we're not in detail there, but just as you're saying, we're way closer to be there than we've ever been before in this industry, you know, because we'll all mm -hmm. sort of align to maybe we should do this physics things. It might actually work. Yeah. Uh, and we, we figure out that many of the things that used to be done with tricks in shading, uh, maybe it's not the place for it. Like, um, because we matured a lot more when it comes to like the whole color pipeline and how to deal with, you know, uh, tone mapping and, and looks and LUTs and all this kind of stuff, which is the like the correct place of doing many appearances that you like 20 years ago, you had some shader which like, you know, screened on your, you know, your specular highlights because it looks nicer. Yeah, because you were rendering with no gamma correction and you, you were doing additive and no, no tone mapping and anything. So there was a lot of wrong things going on back in the days. And yep. now when we basically learned a lot more, we're rendering in maybe in bigger color spaces and all these kind of things it just looks more realistic and we understand that the stuff that should be tweaked like in post we tweak that in post and even right. that is different these days because people used to render out everything in in layers and just comp it together and now it's mm -hmm. more like that's physics we just have the beauty pass and maybe we do a tiny tweak on top of that but do we render everything to a thousand layers routinely in these days not really. It depends on facilities, but in many cases, not. You just maybe render out a few light passes, like the environment light and the sun or whatever, right. separately, and so you can well, balance lights, these in comp yeah. and these kind yeah. of things. So like light, light mixes stuff. But do you sit there and have the diffuse and the indirect diffuse and the the, the primary and secondary, you know, glossy and specular separately because somebody thinks we're clearing glosses different things, but they're not. And then you have a Fresnel layer because everything has Fresnel, and you do that in comp, right? And it's just a complete disaster, and nothing looks correctly because you you tried to do stuff in the, in the wrong place, you know. <laughs> I, I remember back in the day, you know, so many people tried to render uh, everything like uh, with no shadows, and then with the shadow pass on top, uh, just to be able to tweak stuff in in comp. And it's like. You can't do that if you have more than one light. You can render individual lights. That's completely fine. And those additively right. add together. But, yeah. but the soon you have more than one light, you can't actually do like a shadow pass because it just doesn't work. The, the math doesn't compute the same number. Basically, right. you can't postpone to comp anything that is a multiplication. So you can't... Uh, to get the correct results if you were to emit your flat diffuse and then you uh which is basically just the textures but flat and then mm -hmm. you also emitted your diffuse shading without textures and then mm -hmm. you emitted your shadows then it could sort of work if you had only one light in this situation, but even then at certain anti-aliased pixels, which were 50-50 of something, was still wrong. It just doesn't, it, it just doesn't work. And these days we're smarter than that. And we output stuff that you mix additively together, which is fine. You can, you know, color grade your skylight versus your sunlight to your heart's content and everything is still completely physically accurate. So... We've grown up, I think, as an industry, to be honest. Well, it's also was, you know, the comp always felt like if you don't give me everything, I won't be able to do what I need to do. The, but that's, it depends. I mean, it depends yeah. on who's, I've seen it. If, if there's a show that's run primarily by a 3D person, you get less layers coming out. If it's run by a comp person, then you get a lot of layers coming out. <laughs> so... Uh, DD was very comp heavy, so they like they love to have a lot of control over things in that sense. But, but yeah, it's interesting. I I'm curious about about all this about the workflows and and standards and stuff. I mean, I'm thinking this is it's you know it's very interesting. We've been talking about this since the very first podcast. Uh, in fact, I was just thinking about the fact that your our first one we were talking having a big debate about metalness. Mm, yes, uh, and the term metalness. 
And uh, Famous, yes. that 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 actual episode is, is still <laughs> very much referenced a lot because if you search the word metalness, that comes up quite a bit because uh, we debate about it quite a bit, which was good. I think. I mean, yeah. honestly, I I just you know. Uh, my my argument for those who who didn't know is like the, if you go to a physics book, there's no such term as metalness <laughs> when it comes to describing materiality of things. Well, there is. It's called being dielectric or being a conductor, and it's one or zero. It's either or. But is right. there a slider? Nah, no. 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 <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, whether yeah. it's metal or not metal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's a, that's uh, an education thing. You need to educate. You shouldn't set this at thirty percent. It should be basically on or off. But I think people right. are used now with all the. I mean, PBR workflows is like a standard thing these days, and they're all based sure. on this same kind of paradigm. And all the tools amidst this, you you have Substance Painter and all these kind of things, you know. So it's become. Yeah way more mainstream and pretty common now what do you think about all that about you know like a lot of people using substance and things of that nature like like what do you think of this like in terms of the workflow and how it's how it's going with with shader looks and and, and all that yeah stuff? I, I think i i actually enjoy this stuff and substance i haven't used substance much myself um mm. But I, I've, see, I've seen I've seen it uh, seen it used, and I mean it had uh -huh. lots of cool tools to to uh -huh. basically. I mean, what it does, it's it's like procedural shading, but for specifically for this object, right? So you can mm -hmm. have a procedural set of shaders that does say edgeware, and you don't even have to paint the edgeware. You just say, oh, I want this much edgeware, and it just magically figures it out. And then you say, mm -hmm. oh, you can go in and paint for yourself. Like, actually, I want more edgeware in the corner, and. Mm -hmm. uh, if we're on, on top of this sort of standardized shading model that we kind of are these days, mm -hmm. I mean, you're emitting four or five maps and you just apply them to something like standard surface and, and, and you're done, you know. That's right. all you need. Um, so, and of course, this front loads the whole proceduralness to sort of the the, uh, the asset texture. creation texturing stage, mm -hmm. um, whereas something like OSL... Um, does the proceduralism more uh, on on the back end on the render side, and I think there's room for both, and one doesn't preclude the other in a sense. I mean, you could always bake your OSL if you want to do that, which is something that also can be slow. Like, it can it, be very slow if you. It can be slow, and then you can bake yeah. it, of course. But in some cases, uh, uh, like one, like I mentioned, the wood shader. You know, one of the cool parts with it it's effectively an infinite resolution or well not infinite but it's i mean sure. you can fly into to an ant on your piece of wood and it looks mm -hmm. good all the way down to ant and back up to a whole wall made of planks and non two planks are the same uh, right. you know you can't really do that up front without like giant how big a textures do you want and you want, now you want one per plank on this entire city made of wood uh, procedurally, you can do that. Uh, doing yeah, it but you have to have front. a ray that goes out there, and it's got to figure out what that color is. When it's mm -hmm. a texture, it's like that's the color done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's like, mm, okay, hold on, let me figure out what the color is. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. No, no, it's <laughs> yeah. it's more cycles to figure out the color. But if the cho if the choice is between running, you know, fifty cycles of math to figure out the color, or alternatively have one terabyte of textures. Uh, and having to swap that in and out to find that color, it might actually be faster to do 50 cycles of math because, uh, you know, it might be more cash coherent maybe than finding that texture. So it, it depends. Of course, yeah. the world is changing here too with like the amount of memory we have in our machines these days compared to 20 years ago is ridiculous, you know. So yeah. maybe it doesn't just make everything texture, but... You want to zoom in to that one millimeter with the fly, though. Those textures have to have some serious resolution. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did a, I did one of those once. It was crazy. One, one of my first uh, sort of jobs out of, out of uh, grad school was uh, doing visualization for the Rice uh, uh, Nanotechnology Lab, and we had to, I had to show people like what making uh, a. a, a a cable out of nanotubes would look like. And so I zoomed into the nanotubes until they got down to like, you know, a nanotube. And it was like, oh, this is really hard. <laughs> because by the way, there's precision problems. And you start yes. going down, that's well. 
<laughs> I actually so, uh, ran into that the very first thing I did in 3D <laughs> Studio Max many decades ago was mm-hmm. like a space animation with the spaceship flying away and when it got further away from Earth it ran into these precision problems everything started vibrating because I was basically so far away from the origin that uh, yeah, the, the bit resolution of the floats wasn't good enough Yeah. so yeah, that can happen there was a problem with that actually with with uh, with V-Ray a long time ago, mm-hmm. which Lotto promptly fixed. But it was it was when we were doing the the, the light jet sequence on Tron, and these mm-hmm. jets were going at like Mach two or whatever crazy speed, and then they would be just knocked on right next to the to the ship. But they wanted to actually travel at those ridiculous speeds mm-hmm. in three D for some reason, and. <laughs> And the whole ship started. Blah, 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 yeah, just that is exactly. Even like, wait, I'm following it with the camera. What's wrong with it? But yeah, right. the problem is you have to add this number, which has more, you know, more precision. This than big, it has. and then you yeah. only have this many digits of precision. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you can, and with think... with luck, if you reorder the operations, you maybe yes. can actually get around that, but not necessarily. It that you depends. just take everything back to zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And then you do, and that, then that's you, the that's then, the way. That's yeah. the way you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So everything goes back to zero, except you don't. It's that's invisible to to what you're actually seeing. So yeah. In the rendering, yeah. it just goes back yeah. to zero. Well, that's interesting. What else yeah. you been up to? Yeah. How's uh? I mean, you do you're still doing your your, your music uh, Twitch stream? Yes, that's actually, I guess that's technically new since we talked last, even though it was two years ago since I started. So Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, as those poor slobs who heard me on this podcast before, I tend to do my own version of the the intro song because I'm a music nerd. And -hmm. then, of course, this COVID nonsense and lockdown started and we're all supposed to stay at home and basically don't hang out with people. And I was like, okay, what's I going to do then? And then my son's girlfriend's sister had a bass that she was like, I'm going to sell this bass. Do you want it? I was like, I never played bass in my life, but okay, I'll buy your bass, you know, be friendly. Mm -hmm. So gave her some money. I took her bass. Okay, and I had a bass and I like, okay, that's the C, I think. And then Mm -hmm. I was just sitting one night. And I got in this interface, I could plug it into my computer and I had a little, little super simple like uh, keyboard, uh, MIDI keyboard and was running Ableton on my laptop and I made some stupid stuff and I'm like, hmm, there's this software called OBS where I can stream this. I just for the hell of it, like, like this one time thing just for fun, going to stream this online. And I was like, that was kind of fun. So I'm going to do that again. And I then I did that again. And then I was like... You know, I have this extra space now because I have, for various reasons, I've inherited my parents' house. So I have, Mm -hmm. like, extra space. So that's where I was doing all all this stuff. And I also had all the equipment I used to use for music when I, like, like 20 years ago, was very heavily into music as well. But it was all, like, standing here in my office, kind of, turned off it hasn't been on since 2008 or something like that but i was like hmm, i should bring up some of my old synthesizers so i brought them over to the other location i'm like oh they still work and this is kind of cool and i started plugging in stuff that hadn't been on for you know 15 years or, mm-hmm. or something like that and it worked and i was like okay this was fun so let's get one extra camera and then let's maybe let's get one more extra camera and now i need the, all the twitch streamers have lots of blinking lights so i okay i get some rgb lights here and maybe one more and if you've seen it recently there's smoke there's lasers there's projectors there's multi-camera switching and complete and utter nonsense mm-hmm. uh, and what i do is that i just improvise stupid songs on the fly uh, mm-hmm. and that is actually the, the main thing for me because the, the thing that happens when you do music and you try to be serious about it uh, and especially these days when you can do everything in the computer. And I think people in 3D have the same problem. But like this is like you, when you have this whole world that you can make, but at any time save, and I'm going to go back to this later, that means you never finish. Now, back in the late 80s, 90s, when I was making music, you were make, doing it with hardware and synthesizer hooked up to a sequencer and stuff to a real mixer. So it's like I had to finish this song. 
and record it somewhere because when I unplug everything, everything is gone. There's no way to return to this point in time other than taking a photo of all the knobs and you still can never come back. So that forced you to finish things. But these days you load something into Ableton and you have some, dude, I, I mean, the, the classic case is you make a two bar loop and you think it's really cool, but it doesn't go anywhere. And then you save it and then you start a new and you make a new two bar loop or four bar loop or something. Mm -hmm. You have lots of unfinished things. And that is this creative weight hanging off you as like, I never finish anything. I can't start a new thing because I have 200 unfinished things. And then I saw one of these YouTube musicians, Andrew Wong, who was playing around with this little OP1, little synth, which I also got one recently. I bought that so I should have it on my long flights in all my hotel my hotel i bought it just before there was never any long flights in any hotels but anyway it's a little music right. workstation tiny battery powered very cool and he made this video where he was just jamming on this and just going through this this delay or this looper pedal so he could make even though you can do loops on it, it was doing it through this looper pedal he was just jamming shit and i was like okay that was fine delete that and do the next thing and i was, was i just looked at it and i went wait you just delete it and just forget about it and that was like my huge epiphany. Yes, that's absolutely the best thing. Just to delete the damn thing. Then you don't have this pressure of this unfinished piece. So what I do, I sit down, I start a rhythm, I jam some shitty chords, I put some bass and some stuff, and I can punch some channels in and out live. I start doing god-awful rapping or even worse my sometimes i sing um, i probably make mm -hmm. people cry some completely random invented lyrics and i have a couple of different things i can switch between i make this whole thing i can punch channels in and out so i'd make this whole build up and breakdown and stuff and then in the end i go tada or i say boom song over i do select all i hit delete and we'll never hear that freaking thing ever again and it's such a wonderful feeling and it's been this glorious mental health thing for me in this you know weird world we're in now you know it's been right. so liberating and it just feels so good to not have these 200 unfinished things and i mean they're not completely deleted because they're i stream them to youtube and you can go there or then twitch and youtube and you can go there and listen to them later so they're not really deleted but it just takes right. this whole endless tweaking because uh, death by tweaking every 3d artist know the death by tweaking <laughs> thing like i can yep. change this and i can change that when you can't change stuff and what you did that's what you did it's so liberating. It's just, uh, I recommend anyone into any form of art, try it, force yourself to like make a painting in, you know, three minutes, then rip it to shreds when you're done, you know, or, or something like that. So you never, never get this urge to over tinker, over tweak, get lost in meaningless little details, which is like the death it takes away all the joy of being creative you just do the joyful part and then you just throw it away and it's awesome you want all the icing Recommend. and none of the cake exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay hold on hold on what is what is the name of your twitch stream so people can follow you there uh yeah so i run into this problem <laughs> so on twitch i'm zap anderson with two s's mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that's how you spell anderson uh Although uh, on YouTube, I'm Zaptronic, uh, Z-A-P-T-R-O-N-I-C, Zaptronic. Mm -hmm. You can also go to zaptronic.com, which just redirects to the YouTube thingy. Mm -hmm. And actually, on the, the, the YouTube version is the one that stores everything because Twitch only stores for like a couple of weeks or something. And then it, unless you make what they call a highlight of it, it's just gone. So the, mm -hmm. the longest... Um, uh, so we... like the longest archive is on on youtube but uh, okay. i stream it i i technically i stream it on twitch i stream it on on uh, do you have a regular uh, schedule i not really it's when i feel like it i had a schedule i sort of said uh, like sundays and uh, wednesdays I, mm -hmm. which I missed every Sunday and Wednesday for the longest time now. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I probably should take that down because especially now, since since basically I was sick with the COVID thing, I haven't been 
because I do it normally in the evening, like before going to bed. And now it's sure. been, so it's like at 10 p.m. Uh, Swedish time I start because mm -hmm. that's at least somewhere in the afternoon in the, in the rest of the world. Uh, right. But uh, basically by 10 p.m. in the last few weeks, I've been like, oh, I probably should go to bed instead and actually go to bed instead. So no, there's not really a schedule, but I will probably try to be better with that. But if you, there, there is on Twitch, there is like a schedule page you can go to, go to where I do have my thing with this Sunday and Wednesday times. It's in there, but I've actually missed all those times for the last four weeks, six weeks. I know so, that you yeah. did you did do it on Saturdays too, because we do, uh, my Martini Giant one is we right. Twitch on Saturday. And someone said, oh, I just left Zaps <laughs> Twitch ah, and now okay, I'm going down cool. towards it. Twitch. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saturdays, I sometimes this happens too. Uh, it's really when I like, okay, it's getting late, but I'm not let today to go to bed. And, uh, let's just sit there and jam some crap. So it's it's very unplanned and very very loosely loosely based. I will make you a theme song for this episode. Well, soon. you better I, hurry because the times is getting short between when I record them and when I do. Okay, so, so get cracking well, on it. <laughs> yeah. I will do it right away then. Uh, I will just do something simple. But uh, because no editing, remember? I just sit down, play something, and I send you that file, and we're all done. Very, okay. very, very liberating. Yeah. No, right. I, I will. I'll, worst case, you will just use the standard one. Never mind. We'll see. We'll see. To, to the listeners, whatever you heard in the beginning was either me or it wasn't, but we'll, we'll notice that. I will notice that when I listen to this. You just, you already know. I don't know yet. Yeah, like, that's very meta. Anyway, that's right. We don't wait. We're in the past, but they're already in the future. Exactly. How does that even work? <laughs> that's completely backwards. <laughs> it's like we tried this on my first when I clearly told you that what you did here in the background, and then you forgot to put it in. So that was extra that's weird. Right. So now let's let's right. let, let's not bother. Maybe there was okay. music. Who knows? Now we should put music in. I think. Yeah, we we should, I, I'll I think get that's a good thing. That. Uh, All right. Yeah, and I actually planned. I was uh, I was, um, you know, uh, vacillating between being here, which is my office, or being mm -hmm. in with the smoke and the lasers. But I, I went for being in the office because you can see my Klein bottles and mm -hmm. my bubbly tubes and all the mm -hmm. other neon unicorns and other stuff we have, mm -hmm. because unicorn is our team mascot and and. Uh, also, the technology is way more complicated because there's a, a door involved and a camera switcher, and I'm like, that'd probably break this whole thing, streaming. So I took the easy way. You get some eye candy anyway. Actually, when yeah. people, someone in auto, this, because this is where I'm in all my meetings. I have so many meetings. I live on Zoom these days. But oh, there's a lot of people, my, oh my God, Zap has like the coolest meeting room. And there's been a trend lately where people have taken snapshots of my background when I'm not there, mm -hmm. and then they use the feature in zoom where you can put in like a f fake background oh, oh, and they oh, use that so they use my it. office so that i can end up in a meeting and there's like five people that are sitting in my office besides <laughs> me it's like hmm, okay well because i have my my nixie tube oh, you can't see my nixie tube. i do can't see, i can't see your nixie you can't see okay yeah, well we can 2251 edit it. it says right now. it is it's 2251 that's actually true well i don't <laughs> see that you see my nixie tubes then but then it's <laughs> fine but yeah, but I guess you doing... can edit this. You can re reframe this later or something. I don't know how yeah. that works. Yeah, I don't know how we'll, we'll see how it how it all this together. Excellent, yes. excellent. So there's my okay. next tubes. Yeah, good, great. good. And was is that a is that a little uh, was, who's the character in front of him or in behind it, right behind it? This is a C3PO. And uh, hard can, yeah, I can't. It's hard to see it at uh, this resolution. Yeah, like, it's, now it's, it's totally a kind of yes. low res. Yeah. yeah, and you have a Kung Fury. Poster. I have a Kung Fury and Iron Sky Iron posters Sky. Yeah, yeah. that are both yeah. signed by the directors because I was backing both of those projects back in the day. So that was some of the Kickstarter stuff. We did an so. Iron Sky watch party for Martini Giant. <laughs> nice, nice. That's a crazy yeah. ass movie. That's a crazy <laughs> movie. Uh, yeah. And the, there's this talk about the Kung Fury sequel. Uh, it keeps keeps bubbling uh, in in the, 
and I don't know what what's going on with that. I was even Arnold Schwarzenegger was posting a photo with uh, Daniel, the the Concurie guy. Like, mm-hmm. so I think maybe we'll pop up a sequel, which is actually a Schwarzenegger in it. But I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I'm not really involved right. beyond the Kickstarter thing. <laughs> so, so yeah. Are you going to start traveling again soon? Uh, good question. I actually just got an email earlier today from my manager wondering which conferences I would be interested in going this year, if any, virtual or not. So right. I will probably try to sign up for SIGGRAPH, some Total Chaos or some stuff. You see if any of those will actually materialize in reality. But yeah, I might slowly start actually traveling again. Um, okay. Remember traveling? Uh, this all oh feels God. very surreal. I don't they even to go to the airplanes. office. <laughs> it's, no. like, it's like, I don't even get in the <laughs> I never it's went like to travel. the office. Yeah. I know. Yeah. As the funny, for me, it was never, never really much change because it's like, I've been working from home since 1989. So now I need to work from home. What a difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, I, I do, I don't, I don't know if I miss it or not. Yeah. It, there was a lot of stuff that was going on going to the airport and doing that whole hassle was just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. weird around people now. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's going to have That's its right. mark on, on humanity for sure somehow. Well, I'm trying to figure out the next time I'm going to see you in person. I think it will be. It's probably yeah. going to be the SIGGRAPH. I don't know if SIGGRAPH is happening in person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think we know if there's going to be a physical SIGGRAPH yet. I don't think that's decided. So, right. and, uh, you know, if there's budget to drag a on Swedish person there, meaning me, uh, yeah. uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll it's see. going to be interesting. It's but, interesting. Uh, we got a lot of stuff that's going on at Chaos. Got to figure out everything within, with this merger happening. And yeah, <laughs> all that oh, yeah, stuff. that stuff. So I don't even I don't I'm not sure we have everything figured out just yet. But anyway, it's all very exciting. It's yeah, it's exciting it's it's getting stuff. excited, and then we'll see what yeah. happens. You know, if we get if we get like a roaring twenties like they did back in the day, you know, where everybody's wild and partying is kind of a reaction to we beat the sick thing. Now we're all gonna I don't know sex and drugs and rock and roll or what I, I don't know we'll see what happens yeah <laughs> i have no yeah. idea it's, it's called web uh, yeah. three buddy <laughs> <laughs> oh don't get me started on that decentralized nonsense. everything mm. <laughs> yeah it's gonna be that that's what it's yeah gonna be. and set fire to the planet while doing it that's really clever <laughs> <laughs> well depends depends how you'd look at uh what you, how you're actually doing it yeah so, um but uh but yeah it's interesting it's interesting. Well, listen, buddy, it's been great seeing you. I would love to see you in person sometime soon. Likewise. So Likewise. Do, do that, SIGGRAPH or otherwise. But it's good talking. And thank you for giving us the lowdown on your no take problem. on Material X and where it's going to go. Because I think that's very interesting. And you are definitely the person to help us figure that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit of spider in the web between all these open source projects. And now all these projects are now under uh, ASWF. AS, yeah. A, oh. A, a, the, 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 the Academy Software, Software, Software Foundation. Found, yeah, ASWF. Foundation. I keep mixing yes. those letters. Yes. So, which helps. Uh, OSL is there, USD is there, and, and Material X is Material there. Material X is there. And of yep. course, you know, Open Image, I open Color I, and all these things kind of go together like a big glorious uh, piece of big glorious thing so your big piece of glorious thing <laughs> yeah yes. so great. i'm very very hopeful we can win i and i think i never felt this much synergy in the like i said before when i sort of proposed for the osl guys let's just do, use those over there and i was like yeah let's do that I was like, well, okay, right. <laughs> it was too easy. But I think yeah. everybody's tired of, of everything being like proprietary and special. And like, you can't use, yeah. you know, like someone like Weta can't use an asset that ILM made because everything is just so different. Everyone's kind of tired of those kind no of things. No more walled gardens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Open yeah. standards and, and, you know, working in, in open source projects, it's great for everybody. And, uh, yeah, but people do what they yeah. want to do and not have to force them into some ecosystem yeah, that yeah. traps their creativity. And then what they do after they've done it, 
they just delete the file. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just delete it. Just make the coolest freaking material ever and just delete it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. That's true. You know what? Uh, <laughs> it's like when I catch a fish, I look at him, yeah. take it out, and I throw him back in the water. Exactly. And I never, and I never take a picture. And no one I've seen you take a picture. I've seen you. This I has do, happened. Sometimes this happened. I do. I do take pictures. I don't take a picture of every fish I catch. And sometimes I edit to... your pictures and make them even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I like it. All right. Well, it's great talking to you, man. And Likewise. we'll do it again soon. And I can't wait to see you in person. I agree.